welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self-development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman. Today, we thought we would dive into a topic that is very close to our hearts, and that is, as women, as mothers, as business owners, how do we really do it all, and specifically, In the day-to-day of our lives and our businesses, how do we do the extra things, the growth things, the networking things, the building our business things? I think we do pretty good at maintaining most of the time and trying to just balance the maintenance of our lives and businesses, but how do we do the growth? What do you think, Laura? Yes, this one's close to my heart as well (laughs) because I think as I grow, honestly, in my business – I'm also looking for more opportunities to meet more people in my industry, to expand my horizon, so to speak, to attend more events, conferences, networking. And I really struggle, you know, having still a teenager at home um, and a five-year-old, like how to manage all of the things that I have with my family and then do my business, which is kind of, you know, like I've kind of figured that out. But then now I want to grow my business. I want to explore other opportunities. I want to meet like-minded people and geek out on what I love about my business. And I feel like there's not enough time in the day to do all that. Oh, and let's not forget that I need to be taking care of myself and getting to yoga and taking time for meditation (laughs) and eating well and and going on date night with my husband, who also is waiting at the end of that line. (laughs) Oh. Oh, I know. And you know, as much as I prioritize space, which I still never feel like I have enough, And I prioritize time to journal and the inward work, which, you know, I talk about a lot being so important. I do find that the extra time and that space is an example does compromise my ability to do other things, you know, and and just to have that much time. And like, I don't know about everybody else, but I always feel like I am – I don't know, like, what did they say? Uh, Robbing Paul to pay Mary. Like, I always feel like I'm trading time. You know, oh, I want to put this in. Okay, then I've got to sacrifice time here, here, and here. Okay, I want to put this in. I've got to sacrifice time here, here, and here. I feel like time is always one of those things that I'm juggling. And and I think it's just a fact, you know, when we're running a business and we have kids and we're doing things, we do have to make choices around time. And maybe what we can talk about today is A – normalizing the whole process and it's okay to not be good at navigating time and be maybe some strategies and tips for what we can do to balance this time. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. I love the normalizing. That's one of my favorite discussions um, part <laughs> is because then I don't personalize this. And I think it's really hard in this day and time of social media. We've talked about this, um, the lore of comparison. And I think that seeing all the amazing events that are out in my community alone, just that I could attend and go to, you know, that is a big one that 
kind of creates this feeling. I know we have the whole FOMO, like the fear of missing out. But for me, it's different. It's not just like, you know, I'm introverted at night. We've talked about this on, you and I are both talking about how we love to climb into our PJs. And that was one of our biggest, um, when we worked and lived together, we would do all our things and then we'd crawl into our PJs and brainstorm one last hurrah about our business and then soak into like, eating something delightful like mint chocolate ice cream while we watched our favorite (laughs) show or like just having a great conversation over tea while the kids slept, right? So we love our our downtime in the evening. Yet when I see all of the things happening and I see all the events that I personally have been invited to, you know, all my Facebook notifications, and I can't get out the door or I can't make the time, then I feel bad about myself. You know, I feel like I am doing something wrong. So when you talk about normalizing, I think that is key for me to to keep coming back to this, um, knowing that I'm not alone. Yeah, for sure. And me too. And I think a lot of women can feel left behind and I don't know, like in an unfair disadvantage, right? Because we see the people who say are single or we see the people who have more energy or extroverts or we see the people who are more well-connected get farther ahead in their business or at least it appears that way, right? I mean, I talk enough about uh, not trusting sort of the front appearance because a lot of people are struggling behind the scenes even though they appear to be very successful. But I do think that a lot of us can feel bad that we're not as far ahead as we'd like to be And it feels a little bit unfair, right? Because either we need to be more extroverted and push ourselves in a way that doesn't feel good or that really exhausts us and, and, you know, we struggle with managing our energy or we have to compromise time with our family. And I think either of those things in some ways are facts. Like we do have to acknowledge and appreciate whatever energy level we have. And we, of course, want to be with our families and we have a lot of benefits in having families. But yeah, I think it's an interesting balance. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. And and so many people, in my opinion, push themselves to try to do it all, to, to manage more, to just create more. And it comes at a great sacrifice, usually to their health or to their burnout. You know, they experience that burnout. So it's something we need to talk about and acknowledge. Well, and I think that, you know, we've talked about this before where we personalize what is systemically wrong. And I think that um, if we look at the way that our culture has, um, what's the word, like how we structure time and how we put our priorities with what happens in the daytime. I remember um, reading, I've read this really great book. um, Oh, shoot. I can't remember the whole title, but it's something about overwhelmed and it's by Bridget Schultz and she talks about like she's a researcher so she went and looked at the way that we use um, and manage time in the United States versus in countries that are considered to be like the happiest countries like Denmark and some of the northern um, the northern European countries so they rate really high on happiness scales and it's interesting is that correlates often with their the quality of time that they feel like they spend. And one thing that, and this is completely paraphrasing and and relying on my 40-something-year-old memory here, but when I was reading that book, I remember what struck me was this one passage about in Denmark how by the time the parents get off of work and come home, they've like completed all of the professional stuff. Like there's no expectation that they're doing any more work. It's just like you've been at work all day, your kids have been in childcare, and they have this great like universal child care so you know your children are 
playing in the gardens and chasing chickens and doing all that wonderful stuff all day long. And I'm thinking about the little bitties, you know, and, and then you come home and you've finished your work and it's time for family. So there people reported very little like guilt or focus or thinking about work because they have full permission, like what everyone is done, like it's five o'clock, we're done with that part of our life and now family life starts. And so what are we going to eat for dinner? Let's go to the grocery store. Oh, it's nice out. Let's take a bike ride before dinner. There's no more like shoot before after the kids get to bed. I got to get that email off because I totally forgot that I was going to do that thing before. And, you know, all the stuff that we're still doing in our culture here is because it's culturally expected that we put our performance kind of on a 24-hour clock and that it doesn't matter when we're doing it. It just has to get done. And then we don't ever really have blocks of time that we've given our like collective permission to just not work. And that is so exhausting and so, so hard to never feel like you're off the clock. And especially for entrepreneurs, we really aren't, right? We don't clock out. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, I definitely block out days in the week to not work. And still, though, I can feel that creeping guilt or, you know, like I'm good with boundaries, but I'm always fighting the the industry and the world and the, you know, and all of this expectation and demands. And so even if you are so good, like even if you've done some of the things I want to talk about in a minute in terms of strategy, and even if you're good with boundaries, and even if you hold that thing, there's still this pull, this big pull. And I always think, gosh, you know, I would love to grow faster and grow more and do more and get out there more and talk to more people and network more and do all the things that everyone else is doing. And I just can't because I'm exhausted and I can't do anymore. And yeah, it's a really interesting thing that I think we have to focus on. You know, we are facing a lot of systemic issues. Like the way that I teach people to operate their business, it is 100% against the grain, right? So we are against the flow of the world as it is. And in a way, that's also hard, right? Because we are fighting against what everyone else is doing, what the industries are doing, what the world is doing, what the way everybody sees it against all the systemic issues. But if we don't, it's really hard to have a good quality of life because the way the world is going right now, it's going towards burnout. It's going towards stress. It's going towards insustainability. Even the people who are making their millions and sitting on the beach, that's not sustainable over time. And still they're going to get back in the rat race at some point. I mean, you know, what do they talk about? You've got these tiny 1% or less than a 1% of people who are doing really, really good and everyone else is struggling and hitting burnout and exhausted. And, you know, I think there is a lot of systemic issues. And in acknowledging that, we can normalize what we're experiencing and allow ourselves to create a more deliberate approach to our life and business. Yes, exactly. And I agree that there's a lot of techniques that I use to, to be more deliberate with time, but I'm always conscious of that kind of collective pressure. And, you know, I created a co-working space, a, co a work-life balance center with the timetable that I had in mind, and yet I still get pushback kind of from what society expects from a business, like when you should be open and when you're supposed to be responsive. And so I love all the like the four-hour work week and, you know, think of your day on a 24-hour 
spectrum instead of like nine to five and like when do you work best. But I think what those scenarios leave out is the extra piece of being so responsible for our children. If we are caretaking or, you know, other family members, if you're taking care of elderly parents or, you know, you've got any kind of other family obligations, it's really hard. Like your time is not really your own. So in a perfect scenario, if it was just me and I was just the only thing I had to figure out was my own self and then how I was going to operate my business in the world and follow my calling, that would actually be a lot more doable. But as soon as you add all the other responsibilities in which I love those responsibilities, I mean, loving my children and being there for my family, I want to be able to do. But it's amazing how complicated it gets. And, and I think it comes back to the fact that so much of the business world, even like the happy hours and networking at six, that was all created more from a male lens because they had the ability to just, well, let's just focus and then we're gonna have fun after work. What woman has ever had a second shift that's fun? Like our second shift is like, I work and then I go and take care of my family. We don't go have fun. We don't go to the golf course. We don't like go out to the bar and meet up with some friends, you know, like that is kind of, you know, more of a a male lens, I think, of when you used to have, and we still have that, but you have like a partner at home that's taking care of everything else. So you just tap on once a week an extra happy hour or a networking event. For me, everything has to happen between 9 and 3.30 unless I have <laughs> childcare after 3.30. And that means morning coffees are good for me. So all of the networking things that I ever plan at MySpace, they're morning. They're like, come early. Let's have a coffee. Let's chit chat. Let's do our networking. Then let's get to business because we're all running out the door at 3.30 <laughs> to get the kiddos. Well, and the hard part for that is as well, what I hear from moms, and I'm sure you do as well, is that then they're like, I can't use my very short working times to sacrifice being with clients or getting paid work versus like going to a networking event. Because that's what I hear all the time as well. Like then we're having to constantly choose, am I going to choose an hour I get paid or am I going to choose an hour I go network? Right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And so if I have a babysitter – I am looking at filling that with billable time. Like I'm going to be making money if I'm paying a babysitter. And, and, you know, because I was thinking people listening to this might be like, well, just get a babysitter. I'm like, that's great if you know you have revenue coming in. But how many of us can just continue to do that when it's networking just for the sake of going out? And yes, that may be potential business and it's a return. There is a return on your investment there. But I think it's just important that we call it out and we talk about how hard it is because I don't want yes. our listeners sitting around thinking everyone else is making it to all the things and they're they're being asked to conferences or they're attending networking events and they're at South by Southwest here in Austin and they're going to all the things, <laughs> you know, and they're the only ones sitting at home. It's like, no, we have to talk about this is an epidemic of women being left behind this wall of inaccessibility for us to like be in the arena all the time because we're just not talking about how hard it is for us I think for sure and whether it's that like us you've got kids and what you're trying to navigate that which is just a whole nother ball game or you know whether it's you're introverted and you work enough during the day so just even the thought of going out at night is just so depleting and exhausting I think we have to look at you know, how can we shift and change? Because, you know, originally when we started talking about this podcast episode, we're like, okay, most of us can maintain. I think that most people do okay at maintaining. And I say okay because I think most people are 
approaching burnout regardless. So, you know, they can, you know, at least kind of get stuff done. They can kind of hold their family. They can kind of hold their business. But then what often gets taken off the plate is growth. And yet it's not sustainable if we're not growing as a business. You know, we can maintain to a degree. We can definitely have maintaining times. But ultimately, we have to work on growth, right? Even if we are maintaining now, we could lose clients. And if we're not focused on growth, it's going to be hard to replace those clients. So maybe we should also kind of talk about what can we do in this situation? You know, like we're obviously here. A lot of us are feeling it. And so what are some of the strategies that we can use to bring in more growth without sacrificing our stability? I love that you are pivoting this conversation because I honestly feel like I could stay in the it's not fair for a long time. <laughs> I know. Look, me too. Believe me, I could get on my little horse about like, it's not fair to be an introvert in business and it's not fair to be a mother and I'm getting penalized on so many fronts. And yes. And so we we feel you rant with us. Come into our Facebook group and rant with us. We're happy to rant. But I do think what's yeah productive is to really look at what we can do and what is in our control. Exactly. And so the strategies that I have utilized for myself, you know, are being clear about the fact that when I am doing events, I do prefer early parts of the day. So I look for things that are in alignment with my schedule instead of trying to push against the grain. And more and more, there are more opportunities. I noticed that a lot of the women entrepreneurship groups here in Austin do early morning things. They'll often have like a lunch or they'll have an evening, but they'll often put in a coffee because I think that they recognize that, you know, we drop off the kids and then we go to coffee and then we get to our work. And so I have been trying to try to find more and more opportunities where I can grow my business by structuring with something that does work. And so that's also when the structure is in my control. One of the ways that I'm building my business right now is getting out of my tunnel vision and out of my own for beyond my four walls in my office and starting to reconnect with people who I already know are amazing and I want to hear what they're doing. I want to see where there's overlap and potential in us growing together. And I'm actually then making new friends and reaching out to people that maybe have been on my list for a while to be like, I've always wanted to reach out to that person and have a, you know, a lunch with them, see what they're about. So that's one of the ways that I'm growing right now is just to move into more connection with other creative people that are on a similar path that have a vibration that I'm in and I want to I want to get creative with them, right? And so if it's up to me, then I can schedule those times within my workday and I'm not having to um, conform to a pre-existing structure or event. That's one of my little tips. Yeah, no, I love it. I think those are so important. And I think, you know, there's a, there's sort of a, a lot of strategies and tips that I could give and I, I think I want to come at them in this moment with a perspective because I feel like what is first and foremost for many of us is we need to simplify what we're doing now. Like, you know, so often we're looking at how do we fit more in when what we need to be looking is how do we take more away, right? How do we simplify the business? How do we organize it? How do we streamline it? And how do we leverage our time? Sometimes I think that has to come first before we look at how to add in more things to do or more growth. Sometimes we need to shrink back to grow. And so, you know, when I work with my clients, I'm always looking at 
How can we simplify what you're doing? Sometimes someone can come in and I literally cut away 80% of what they're doing right away because all of it is not strategic. It's a waste of time. It's like they're not really um, doing things in a way that is providing most return on effort. Other times it's about simplifying their structure. Cut it down to one target market. Cut it down to one service. Cut it down to something like a structure in a business model that's more conducive for growth, that allows more time for scaling and leveraging. Like these pieces are really, really really important. And so I think so many people are just, you know, we have the mindset of like, let's add more in, let's add more in, let's do more growth, let's do more growth. But really we have to look at what can we cut back first? And there's a lot of ways to do that. I mean, simplifying, there's not a single client I've ever had that I can't simplify their business, like not a single one. So everybody's business can be simplified. Everybody's business can be organized. There's things that can be systematized. There's things that can be leveraged. Like there's always a way. And maybe that's where we need to start. Uh, I... Love that reminder. And it's such a great perspective because it's not one that we hear often because it is very much our impulse and just what's culturally accepted to grow bigger, to add more. Like you said, how are we going to fit more in and more in and more in? And we can be so easily overwhelmed as soon as we think about adding more. But as you were talking, I was imagining, yes, like the energy that you reclaim when you start to prune off the dead branches, like the things that you have been doing in your business forever and they are just there because you've always done them, you're attached to them, or you think that they should exist. But for the most part, they don't have life in them anymore. And by even just cutting things off, then you will have more energy and more time. And then looking at what's working, like you're saying, and just make it more efficient, more streamlined. And so it's this completely flipping the script. It's like, let's go more simple instead of going bigger. And that is growth, people. That's growth to actually get more efficient, to actually get more streamlined, to reclaim your energy. Like you just gave yourself 25% back of your daily energy, possibly by doing this shift in your business, whatever that is that Sonia is going to help you identify. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And so all of that energy then gets to go into something maybe more creative or maybe back into your family time. You know, it's like we all have different priorities. And and one thing I want to say is that I am of the creative um, entrepreneurship sphere that my work is my calling and I love it. So when I talk about like, oh, I wish I could just clock out, you know, part of it is that I really can't creatively clock out of my business because I'm just always thinking and always dreaming and always imagining like what I could do. And I love that. But I have to figure out, you know, how to balance those things with the time that I also want to spend on myself and that I want to spend with my family. And um, so I guess I want to say something. I feel like we don't talk about the fact that it's sometimes it's so good. Like you just want to stay working. You just want to work, work, work. And your husband or your kids are knocking on the door like, are you ready yet? Are you coming out anytime soon? So I fall into that category a lot where it's self-imposed, you know, or I just like want to keep working. But my challenge then is how do I shift and use some of these tips? Like Sonia saying, that tip that she just shared, that would revolutionize some things for me because if I streamline my business, that creative fun time when I'm going down the rabbit hole in the most delicious ways, I would have more time for that. And then I'm done when my kids are like, mom, I want to go ride my bike. Like, when are we coming to the park? I'd be able to just shut my computer, like walk out, fully present with them because I have more time now to be that 
creator in my business and not just the executor. Yeah. And I I think that's so important to actually talk about because one of the things that a lot of my clients don't really get until they've been in my program a significant amount of time is that there is a feeling like when you strip your business back and when you're actually in your zone of genius, when you're really, you've simplified things and you're running a streamlined business, like there's so much more energy so that what you're doing in your business is feeding your energy and helping exponentially increase your energy versus depleting you of energy. And there's more time then for not only the the envisioning and the excitement, but there also the growth. You have the energy for the growth. But when you're in pieces of your business that are not aligned, that, you know, are not really your zone of genius, that are not really the right structures for you, then what ends up happening is that there's a lot of extra energy you're using to produce and to create in your business. So instead of feeling like fun and exciting and like, ooh, it's my creative energy, oftentimes it feels heavy and depleting and exhausting. And so, you know, then there's that struggle to add on anything extra because so much of what we're already doing is depleting us. And I think, you know, a natural, like business does go in ups and downs, right? And so I do, I have periods in my own business and I'm pretty good at working through some of these things, but I have periods where I'm trying to put a lot of structures in place. I'm trying to, you know, give up certain aspects of my business. There's all these things happening. And so sometimes those are depleting and exhausting, but that shouldn't last for long periods of time. And for most people, they're ongoing forever. Mm, yes, yes, so true. And I think it's ongoing because, yeah, it's like unchecked, you know, and it's um, us thinking that this is the only way, just what has to be done. And if anything, you know, one of the many things I love about our conversations is that, you know, just pulling the curtain back on that, you know, and just being like, really? Like, just because it's this way, is that the way that I need to do it? And And I think that this is kind of, the side of the comparison game that really gets you is like sometimes, you know, you look at how everybody else is doing their business and you think, well, I have to have an online course. I have to have, you know, the fancy this or that, or I have to be in a corner office or I have, you know, it's like whatever it is that we see other people doing and we decide, oh, that's the way that we have to do it. And we often will be like years into our business thinking that we're on the pursuit of that. And it doesn't make sense for us. Like, no, you don't need the corner office. You could work from a co-working space for 200 a month, like save the money, go do it differently, go, you know, revolutionize like your way of doing things. But it's, it's normal for us to, to kind of fall into familiar patterns or to look to others or to kind of get stuck in our habits. Yeah. And this is a hundred percent why I recommend people find a good business coach who can support them someone who can look strategically at what you're doing and really be able to determine what you can strip away and what is a think you should have, but you don't really need to have that. Because it's very helpful to have that overview and that kind of eagle eye of someone who's objective and really can hold you in that space. And, you know, as I mentioned a million times, you really have to have the right business coach and there's lots of bad business coaches. So don't just run out and get a business coach. Do your due diligence. Make sure they understand foundations. Make sure they understand how to strip back. Make sure they talk about doing less instead of adding more. But, you know, it can be really helpful 
to just have someone who can support you to strip back because that is so true, Laura. I mean, I think almost everybody thinks they should have every social media account or they think they should have, you know, all of these different programs or they should have an online funnel, you know, all these things. And for a lot of people, it's completely pointless or an email list, right? I see this. I mean, it's hard. I'll be honest. It's really hard for me to go on Facebook lately because I see so many crazy posts that I just want to cry because they really don't know what they're doing and they don't understand that there's a strategy into every choice you make in your business. So a lot of people are out there just going, I need to build my email list. Why? Why do you need to build your email list? What does that look like for you? What is the strategy behind that? Because everybody just thinks they need to build their email list. That's just what needs to be done. Or they need to build their followers on Instagram or they need to – and not to say that – In and of itself, some of those things can't be strategic, but there's so many ways in which people are wasting time and the stuff that they're doing, all the things they've put on their plate, it's actually completely ineffective. It won't bring them any money. It's just literally a time waste with no return. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I mean, and I think that some of these strategies that we're talking about, it's all about, you know, kind of looking through a different perspective, looking through a different lens. And sometimes it does take a coach or um, a therapist or, you know, a, a mentor, like someone to kind of help you just take a minute and pull out of what you're doing and look at how could I be doing this differently in order to reach this goal. And I think that you know, just like how I was joking about, like, so glad you pivoted this because I could just stay in this place forever of, of just, oh my God, I'm complaining and I, I am so frustrated with this. Because like humans, we kind of, we get attached to the story and we kind of get attached to our suffering. <laughs> and we just want to be like, this is so hard. And my story is that I can never get out and I'm never going to be able to do it. I'm never going to be able to grow my business. And, you know, so just know that that is normal. But at some point, you just catch yourself, you know, and noticing that you constantly say that you're constantly telling that story. And what would happen if you just flipped the script on that? What if you thought about how to network and how to reclaim your time from ways of like, oh, just doing it on my own timetable instead of thinking I have to fit into what everybody else says or stripping my business down to the essentials so that I have more energy to give other things in my life. I mean, I think that, you know, thinking outside of the box is something that women do really well because that's, you know, we we have to. We're constantly problem solving on the go, like in that moment. And so take some of those skills, you know, and give that gift to ourselves of how do we do this in a way that's more in alignment? How, you know, do I get these things done that, that are important to me, but more in my own rhythm, like in a way that feels like I'm giving myself this instead of taking more energy and time away. Yes, I love that. That's a great perspective, Laura. And I think the other perspective that would be helpful is that sometimes we have to look at growth incrementally and step by step versus a lot of times we think about growth, it's like massive growth or huge growth or I've got to get lots of growth in. One of the things that I find is a good strategy for growth is you need to build it in daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is. So, you know, maybe it is you dedicate one hour a week to growth, right? Just one hour. Imagine if you dedicated one hour every single week to growth. 
like what would that do for your business, right? Because we're very inconsistent, most of us, right? We focus on growth when we need it or when it's really pulling our attention or when we have to or when we happen to have space. And the second that something changes, we don't focus on growth. And that up and down, that very extreme doesn't allow us to really build exponentially or gain momentum and growth. Whereas if we just did one hour a week that we focus on growth, maybe in that one hour you call partnerships, you know, maybe you go networking in that one hour, maybe you reach out to new leads, you know, whatever it is, maybe you go for um, conferences or you put out your speaking bio or whatever it is. Like if you focus on growth, even just one hour a week, every single week, and your intention was growth. That would really shift your business and that would really create consistent growth. And over time, what happens is that consistency builds momentum and then you're exponentially growing. And that's really how it works. But I think we're often so focused on just trying to have some massive growth. We try to put all this energy towards something, a strategy, a marketing coach who has a strategy, you know, like this and that. And we're like, okay, let's put all the effort in, big growth, big growth. And then boom, there's no consistency right? And we drop off that cliff, no growth, no focus on growth. And that's really where some of the lack of sustainability is in our businesses. So, you know, think about it in baby steps, like consistent baby steps. I think that's really important. Yes. And much more doable, right? When we, we mm. like the little steps, the baby steps, and, you know, we can't go from zero to hundred and we can't go from like, I don't meditate to I'm meditating two hours a day, every day. You know, it's like, that's just, it's setting us up to fail when we give ourselves unrealistic goals that are just, it's just too overwhelming to go there. So what are the little bitty things that you can do? And like even in also bring in a, a support buddy, right? Like bring in someone, an accountability partner. And even you and I, Sonia, we just talked about this before this call of, you know, making some goals in 2020 to get out into all of the, um, the different channels here in Austin. There's just, it's such a robust entrepreneurial community. There's so much fun out there. And like you and I sitting together and being like, hey, what feels good? Like what would feel like we're connecting and we're getting out there, but isn't going to overwhelm us because we don't want to to go into the um, high level energy places, like be discerning about where you spend those days and those times, right? There's certain events that doesn't matter how much connection potential that is. Like somebody's like, you've got to go, you've got to go, you've got to go to this thing. I'm not going to go if it's just yeah. energetically too big, too much, like running around, everybody handing their business cards and just like this herd of cattle like being shuffled through. I'm not going to those events. But you connect me to the intimate circles, the places where there's like some really high vibration. There's some great stuff going on. I will get out of my PJs, I promise, and I will go. And I will call up you, Sonia, and I'll be like, we're going. We're going to this thing. Yes. So, you know, so call a buddy and be strategic about going to the things that, that really do feed you. Yeah, I love that. I think this was a really great episode. So, all right. Well, awesome. I think we should wrap up right here. Thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Most business owners are putting effort into the wrong areas of their business. I've seen this time and time again working with women over the last 20 years. They're focused on marketing and lead generation, but they've skipped over building a solid business foundation. If you have a service business and feel like your business is stuck or stagnant, 
or you'd like some support and accountability to grow your business, you should check out my Women in the Arena coaching program. Together, we'll build you a solid business foundation, improve your sales, and create a business you actually love running. Head over to sonyastatman.com to find out more. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at sonyastatman.com. See you next week.